Our topic for tonight, the devil's door. Knock, knock. It was on the weekend of March 22 and 23, 1997, that 39 members of Heaven's Gate cult joined in a mass suicide. It was the largest suicide in American history. Because, you see, they believed that through death they would enter a higher level of existence. Here is what J. Gordon Melton said about the Heaven's Gate cult. He is the editor of the authoritative Encyclopedia of American Religions. He said, in this case, they, the Heaven's Gate cult, they had a positive motive, a great place to go, he says. So why hang around here? A great place to go? Where did they go? That's a good question. Here's another Thoughts. Another statement from James Tabor, cult expert at the University of North Carolina. He said, this group is completely different. These people rather calmly followed suicide as their exit in a very positive way to a higher level of existence. A higher level of existence? They define death not as the enemy of life, but as life itself. Son, I got a question. Is death life or is death death? Well, death is death. What happens to a person when they die? Is death the entrance to another life in another form, in another place? Is death the entrance to the next level? Is death a friend or is it an enemy? Death is an enemy. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Mark that in your notes, our first text tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. Death is what? An enemy. But notice the Heaven's Gate cult, they define death not as the enemy of life, but as life itself. They call death life. Why did they commit suicide, son? Well, you see, they had opened the devil's door, and instead of turning out to be the gate of heaven, it turned out to be the devil's door. What is the devil's door? Virtually all cults have opened the devil's door. Most world religions have opened it. Many individuals have opened it. And many Christians have also opened the devil's door. What is the devil's door? Before we can answer that question, we need to answer the question, what is a cult? How do you identify a cult? We need to know because there's a lot. In fact, they estimate there's 5,000 cults in America alone. There was a cult in Jonestown, Guyana some time ago where over 900 people joined in a mass suicide. How do you identify a cult? What is it about the cults that makes them so vulnerable to the devil? How is it that they all open the devil's door? What is a cult? From the Christian perspective, a cult is any group that does not accept Christ as Lord and Savior and the Bible as the foundation of faith. We'll see that in our study this evening. How do you identify a cult? Tonight, we're going to give you four ways to identify a cult. You'll want to mark these in your notes because we don't have this in the handout. Four ways to identify a cult. Number one, cults follow a human leader rather than Jesus. Cults follow a human leader rather than Christ. And the Heaven's Gate cult is a good example. They were following a human leader. Marshall Applewhite, a choir director, they ended up committing suicide. As Christians, who should we follow? 
We ought to follow Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you want to go the safe way, follow Jesus. It's safe to follow Jesus. It's not safe to follow a man. Jesus said in John 10, verse 4, And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, the question, of course, tonight for us is, who are you following? Are you following Jesus? Don't follow a man. Don't follow us. We're man, men. We make mistakes. You just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I make mistakes, and so does her son. That's right. <laughs> Cults follow a human leader rather than Jesus. Sometimes when we do these seminars, I have people that tell me, if God says it, if God's word says it, I'm going to do it. But I have other people say, well, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says, but I'm going to go ask my pastor what he thinks. Well, who are they following then? Now, don't misunderstand me. It's not wrong to ask a pastor. I have people ask me all the time, but you should not follow your pastor any farther than you can be sure that he's following Jesus and following the word of God. Cults follow a human leader rather than Jesus. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man. And makes flesh his arm. I, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Follow Jesus. So that was number one. Cults follow human leaders rather than Jesus. Number two, cults follow human teachings rather than the Bible. Cults follow human teachings rather than the Bible. As Christians, we are to follow Jesus Christ, the living word, and the Bible, which is the written word. The Bible says in Psalms 119:105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. John 17, 17, your word is truth. We need a lamp, we need light, we need truth, so we don't fall into some sort of cult trap or deception. Number two, cults follow human teachings rather than the Bible. The Heaven's Gate cult is a good example of that. You're looking at, the, at a photograph of the classroom of the Heaven's Gate cult. This is where the cult members would sit. And you notice that the two chairs up on the tables, that's where Marshall Applewhite would sit and teach. But there are two chairs. Marshall Applewhite, the cult leader, sat in one. Do you know who sat in the other? The ghost of his dead girlfriend. That's a fact. Marshall Applewhite left his wife, ran off with his other woman. They started a cult, the Heaven's Gate cult. She later died of cancer. And after she died, Marshall Applewhite, whenever he would give instruction to his cult group, he would put a chair, an empty chair beside him, where the ghost of his girlfriend would assist him in teaching. Wouldn't you have loved to sit in those classes and listen to the guru himself along with the ghost of his girlfriend? Now, I should mention, they actually studied the Bible. <laughs> they sure weren't following the Bible. Cults follow human teachings rather than the Bible. And many Christians are making the same mistake today. They're following human teachings rather than the Word of God. Maybe, for example, they know that they should obey God, that there are Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments, 
But they give all the human reasons and excuses why you can't keep the commandments of God. For example, the fourth commandment. There's a lot of human reasons why you don't have to keep that one. Cults follow human teachings. Now, I know many Christians, they don't think they're in a cult, but we must follow the Word of God, not human teachings or traditions. That was number two. Let's go to number three now. Number three, cults urge group conformity. These are the four ways to identify a cult. Number three, cults urge group conformity. And the Heaven's Gate cult, again, is a good example. Before they committed suicide, they made a video of their plans. And those who watched the video said you could hardly tell who was who. They all dressed alike, flowing black shirts, baggy black pants, brand new black Nike tennis shoes. They all had a short haircut. You could hardly tell who was a man, who was a woman, who was young, who was old. They all looked alike. Group conformity. Are there Christians that make that same example, make that same mistake, group conformity? I have people say, oh, uh, preacher, are you saying the whole world is wrong? If everybody's doing it, it must be okay. Well, if everybody's doing it, then you can almost be sure it's not right because the majority have never been right, but everybody does it that way. The issue is peer pressure. The devil uses the pressure of our friends, our family, our associates to keep us from obeying the Word of God. Really, it's mind control. The devil knows if he can control the minds of the leaders, then he can control the masses. The Bible says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Seems right because I've always believed that it's right. Seems right because everybody's doing it. Seems right because my family, my friends, my church is doing it. But the end thereof are the ways of death. That's right. Where was that text? Proverbs 16:25. Put it in your notes tonight. Think about Noah in Noah's day. Was Noah, the, those who followed Noah were the majority or the minority? I'm sure that the world back in Noah's day didn't think too well of Noah. They probably called him a fanatic. They might have even said that he was starting a sect or a cult. Don't join that boat church. Noah's a fanatic. Was Noah a cult leader? Noah was simply obeying the word of God. It's always amazing to me when people set out to obey the word of God, their friends, their family say, oh, no, be careful. You might be getting into some sect. You might be joining some cult. Beware. It's not cultish to obey God. If God's Word says it, we ought to do it. If you had followed the crowd in Noah's day, the majority, what would have happened to you? Drowned. <laughs> you would have drowned in the flood because the majority missed out. The majority were outside the ark, and that ought to be a lesson for us today. Cults urge group conformity. Now, here's the point that I want you to remember tonight. Mark it in your notes. You cannot follow the truth and follow the crowd, too. If you follow the crowd, you can't follow the truth. If you want to follow the truth, you're going to end up in the minority. I want the truth, don't you? The truth will do what? The truth will make you free. Cults urge group conformity.
Go on now to number four. Number four, cults are deceived on the state of man in death. And this one is the most obvious because you see new age cults actually repeat an age old lie. There is no death. Man is God. Knowledge of self is salvation. And it is on this point, deception about the state of man and death, that cults open the devil's door. Here again is our statement from James Tabor. This group is completely different. These people rather calmly followed suicide as their exit in a very positive way to a higher level of existence. They define death not as the enemy of life, but as life itself. Sounds like they were deceived about death, right? When you define death as life, you are deceived about death. Cults are deceived on the state of man and death. The cults believe that when you die, you don't really die. You live on. Do you know Christians that believe that same thing? Have you heard of Christians that also believe that? When you die, you don't really die? They say if you're good, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell or purgatory. The cults say you go off in the cosmos somewhere. We're not sure where, but you go off into the cosmos. The destinations are different, but the belief is the same. When you die, you don't really die. And this belief that when you die, you don't really die actually turns out to be the latch for the devil's door, the doorknob, if you please, to the devil's door. Are the dead really dead? If they're living on in some form, then can't they communicate with us and we with them? Who are the voices that speak to us from beyond the tomb? Are they friendly voices or are they dangerous voices? Who are the spirits of spiritualism? Can it be dangerous to converse with the spirits of the dead? Should we open that door? What does the Bible have to say about the spirits of the dead? Are they living on somewhere? Are they conscious? What did we learn yesterday, son? Let's read all together Ecclesiastes 9, 5. For, For the, the living, living know, know that, that they, they shall die, but the dead, dead know not anything. anything. How much did the dead know? Nothing. That's what the Bible says. Father, do the spirits of the dead ever return to visit the living? I had a lady tell me one time that the spirit of her dead husband would come and visit her every week. A weekly appointment, her deceased husband, the ghost of her husband, would come back and visit her. What's the Bible say? If you missed every text tonight, don't miss this one text. Job 7, verses 9 and 10. I hope you'll mark that somewhere. Write it on your hand if you don't have a, place, a piece of paper to write it on. Job 7, verses 9 and 10 says... As the cloud is consumed and vanishes away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. What's the Bible say? Is he going to come back to his house? The Bible says he shall return no more to his house. So do the spirits of the dead ever return to visit the living? What's the answer? The answer is no, but let's add another evidence, another text. So man lies down, Job 14, 12. So man lies down and rises not till the heavens be no more. When is that? 
When Christ comes That's back. That's at the resurrection, 2 Peter 3.10, Revelation 6.14. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Job 7 said he's not coming back. But Job 14 clarifies until when? Until? Until Christ returns, the heaven shall be no more. That's the resurrection. We'll study that in our future lecture. So, mark this. According to the Bible, the spirits of the dead do not return to visit the living. Let's add another text. Job 16, verse 22. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way from which whence I shall not return. So when you die, you're going to come back and visit the living? No. Not according to the Bible. The Bible says, what's it say? For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Since the Bible is true, since the dead do not return to visit the living, since they don't come back to their home, since the dead know nothing, question, who is coming to visit us claiming to be the spirits of our dead loved ones? Who would want to deceive people? Who would want to deceive people when they are at their lowest point emotionally, when they've lost loved ones and they're grieving? Well, it'd be just like the devil to do that. Who deceived the Heaven's Gate cult? It was the devil. Into committing the largest suicide in American history. There is an interesting text that you should put in your notes tonight. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 says... Where it says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Well, son, since he can transform himself into an angel of light, do you think he could transform himself into the appearance of one of our dead loved ones? Absolutely. Or do you think one of his demons could do that? Definitely. Exactly. In fact, looks... Just like your loved one, your dead relative, let me tell you a story. There was a missionary couple working in Africa some years ago. They had a little girl, the pride and joy of their life. But while they were working in Africa as missionaries, this little girl got a tropical disease, and she eventually died. And the heartbroken parents, they couldn't go back to their homeland for the funeral. They had to bury their little girl in Africa. Two weeks after the funeral, the mother was sitting in the kitchen one day, still grieving over the loss of their little daughter, when suddenly the door of the kitchen opened up, and here came the little girl. She had her arms open. She said, Mama, Mama, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. As the mother looked at that little girl, it looked exactly like her daughter, sounded like her daughter. The voice was the same. All her emotions told her, this is your daughter. Looked exactly like her. But that mother knew the Bible. She knew the Bible says the dead do not come back to visit the living. She knew the Bible says the dead don't know anything. And so that mother said to that little girl, she said, in the name of Jesus Christ, depart my house. And she said, before my eyes, that little girl suddenly turned into a demon and then disappeared. The devil is out to deceive the world. Bible says in Revelation 16, 14, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles. So here we have our four ways. Number four, cults are deceived on the state of man and death. But unfortunately, son, there are some Christians that are also deceived on that point. 
Did you know that in America alone, 8 million Americans claim to have had a near-death experience? And so they thought they died and then came back and lived again. One thing we know, they might have been near dead, but were they dead? The dead know how much? They don't know anything. Did you know Marshall Applewhite, the founder of the Heaven's Gate cult, had a near-death experience when he was in the hospital? He went up through the tunnel of light, and the shining being said, it's not your time to die. Go back and live again. And when he recovered from the, uh, the pr procedure in the hospital, he fell in love with one of the nurses there, left his wife. They ran off together and started the Heaven's Gate cult. Got started out of a near-death experience. What happens to people when they die? Well, we studied that the other night, didn't we? Last night, I think it was. Last night. Let's review. We learned last night that mankind, man, is mortal. What about the soul? Well, we saw that the soul is also mortal. Ezekiel 18.4 says the soul that sins shall what? Shall die. shall die. We learned last night that our hope after death is what? Is to be the resurrection when Jesus comes back. Let's review that again from Jesus, John 5, 28 and 9. Jesus says, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. Hasn't come yet, but it's coming. In the which all that are, are where? In the grave. Where are the dead? In the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Come forth from where? Graves. From the graves. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. We'll study those two resurrections Saturday night when we talk about the millennium. The very first lie that the devil ever told mankind was actually about the subject of death. Since it was his first lie, might it also be one of his last lies? I think so. Certainly. Let's go back and look at that first lie ever told. Genesis 3, 1 to 5, and here Eve is talking with the devil and doesn't realize it. Are there people today that are talking with demons and don't know about it? That's what it says, son. Now the serpent, symbol of the devil, the devil is using the medium of the serpent. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Who's the serpent? Does Eve know she's talking to the devil? Do people today know they're talking to devils? Probably not. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Had Eve ever seen anything die? Did she have any idea what death was? No idea what death was. Notice what the serpent said to Eve. This is the first lie ever told mankind. Genesis 3, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman. Who said this? The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. It might seem like death, but you're really going to go on living. Do you know why people are afraid to go out to the graveyard on a dark night along about Halloween, maybe? Because everybody knows those people out there in the graves, they're dead, but they're not surely dead. And so people are afraid of the dark in the graveyard. 
The devil said, you will not surely die. And reading on, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So he's telling Eve, if you eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're going to go on to a higher level of existence, and you will become gods. Notice the lie. First lie ever told. You shall not surely die. You got an immortal soul, Eve. You can't die. And then in verse 5, he says, you shall be as gods. You'll go to a higher level of existence. Isn't that what the cults are trying to do? Go to a higher level? Heaven's Gate cult, they killed themselves so they could go to a higher level? Question. If at death the soul of the righteous goes to heaven, have they not gone to a higher level of existence? Existence? Yes. And if so, then we might desire death because through death we go, to, we go to heaven. If that's really what happens. That's not what God said would happen. God said of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2 verse 17. Please notice God said... You will surely die. Devil said, you will not surely die. Somebody is disagreeing with God. Who was it? Devil. Now, here's the big question tonight. Who lied? Who lied? God said, you will surely die. The devil said, no, you're not going to surely die. Who lied? Think about it. If the soul is immortal, then the devil did not lie. Do you see where that takes you? We begin to question the Word of God. It was the devil in Eden, the serpent that preached the first sermon that the soul is immortal, cannot die. God said, you will surely die. And what's amazing, almost every world culture and religion has accepted the original lie of the serpent. You will not surely die. The Egyptians, Babylonians, Greeks, Romans, Buddhists, Islam, secret societies like Freemasons all have one thing in common. They believe in the immortality of the soul. When you die, you don't really die. Did you know Satan worshipers also believe in the pagan doctrine that the soul is immortal, cannot die? And, and now many Christians also believe in the pagan doctrine that the soul is immortal. And there's a problem with that. When you have all of these pagan religions and Christians believing the same thing. Something is wrong when they're all believing the same doctrine. Let me show you a statement from a, a preacher. Published in Reader's Digest magazine, secular magazine, but they had an article entitled, There Is No Death, written by a popular preacher in America. In the article, he said this, you don't really die at all. It may seem like death, but you really keep on living and no more afterward than you did before. Well, who else said that? Isn't that what the serpent told Eve in Eden? Isn't that what the, the occults are attempting to do? You'll know more after you die than when you, before you died. 
That's what this preacher said. That doctrine lays the foundation for spiritism, spiritualism. Here's a statement from a spiritist. Spiritualism says the dead know more than the living. Oh, what's the Bible say? Well, that contradicts the Bible right away. The Bible says, for the living know they shall die, but the dead know how much? Nothing. They know anything. And then this spiritualist actually quotes the Bible. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Genesis 3, verse 4. In this, as in many other Bible passages, the devil told the truth, and the Lord is in error. Here the spiritualist says, the devil told the truth, and God lied. The Bible says God cannot lie, and the devil is the father of lies. Spiritualism says the dead know more than the living. The Bible says the dead don't know anything. So we have to choose who to believe, the spirits or the word of God. Spiritualism is defined as the belief or doctrine that the spirits of the dead communicate with the living, especially through mediums. Here are some things associated with spiritism, spiritualism. New Age, reincarnation, extrasensory perception, ESP, magic, occultism, astrology, witchcraft, Satanism. That's all associated with spiritism, spiritualism. And I'm going to add one more tonight. What's that, son? Harry Potter. Ah, Harry Potter also. Associated with spiritualism. Modern spiritualism was actually born in the Hydesville Cottage. Hydesville, New York. In New York. And it was actually a haunted house. And when the Fox sisters moved into this haunted house, they were terrified at first because they heard all the noise of ghosts running up and down the stairs. And they were very afraid. But they gradually got used to all the noises, even put carpets on the floors to cut down on the noise. And then one day, as they were getting used to it, they called out to the spirits one day. One of the Fox sisters called out to the spirits, do what I do. She snapped her fingers, and immediately there came a whole bunch of snappings back. And gradually, they began to set up a means of communicating with the spirit world. And do you know what the very first message that the spirits sent was? Here's the message that came from the ghost in that haunted house in the mid-1850s. It said, we, they said, we are all your dead relatives and friends. The Fox sisters opened the devil's door. Who were those spirits, those ghosts in that haunted house? Well, they were none other than the spirits of devils working miracles. Revelation 16, verse 14. Later, they set up this marker stone at the original site of the Hydesville Cottage in Hydesville, New York. And if you look at it, you can read the writing. It says, the birthplace of modern spiritualism. Upon this site stood the Hydesville Cottage, the home of the Fox Sisters, through whose mediumship communication with the spirit world was established. When? March 1848. Please notice the large letters. There is no death. There are no dead. Who else said that? That's what the devil told Eve in the beginning. That's what the spiritists believe. That's what the occultists believe. That was in 1848. 
in five years, within five years, there were 30,000 spiritualistic mediums in America alone communicating with the spirits of the dead. The devil's door was thrown wide open. That was the beginning of spiritism back in 1848. There are two very basic claims to spiritualism. Number one, spiritualism claims the dead are not dead. And here's a statement. The fundamental principle of spiritism is that the human body survives bodily death. Human beings survive bodily death. And that occasionally, under conditions not yet fully understood, we can communicate with those who have gone before, those who have died. That's from a book on spiritism. We are looking tonight at the devil's door. You're beginning to see what it is. Here's the second fundamental teaching of spiritism, spiritualism. This is a, uh, number two, spiritism claims that the dead communicate with the living. And then you have a statement from a spiritist who says, there is no death in the graveyard. I have frequent talks with the dead. I cannot doubt that people live after death, for I frequently talk with them. That's from Sir Oliver Lodge. What's the Bible say? For the living know they shall die, but the dead know nothing. No, not anything. Since the dead don't know anything, then who is Sir Oliver Lodge talking with? Uh, he's talking the with answer. the spirits of devils working miracles, Revelation 16, verse 14. But what about the story, Father, of the Witch of Endor? How many of you have heard the story of the Witch of Endor? All right, many of you have. You can read that in 1 Samuel 28. I'll give you the background. Saul, the first king of Israel, later in his life as king, he faced an enemy army. And so he went to God for direction, and God would not answer Saul because Saul was living in disobedience to God. And since God would not answer Saul, Saul got mad at God. He said, all right, if God's not going to talk to me, I'll go to the other source. He went to the witch of Endor. Now, question, do witches work for God? No. And there in the cave of the witch of Endor, she had her seance, and apparently the spirit that came up claiming to be Samuel. Came up, didn't come down. <laughs> Notice what one commentator, one commentary says about this experience. It was not God's holy prophet that came forth at the spell of a sorcerer's incantation. Samuel was not present in that haunt of evil spirits. That supernatural appearance was produced solely by the power of Satan. He could as easily assume the form of Samuel as he could assume that of an angel of light when he tempted Christ in the wilderness. So you're looking here at a Bible example of how when a demon can masquerade as somebody who has died, the Spirit said to Saul, tomorrow you're going to be with me. Where was Samuel? Was he in heaven? If so, then Saul was headed to heaven the next day when he died. We know that Saul's not going to be saved. The Bible makes that clear. Where was Samuel? In the grave. And so this spirit, this was actually a demon masquerading as Samuel. This spirit tells Saul, tomorrow you're going to be with me. You're going to be dead. And since God had forsaken Saul, the devil had him in his hands, the, the devil. The devil can predict future events for people who are in his hands. He can predict when they'll die. And Saul did die that next day. 
What does the Bible teach on the subject of death? Let's read once more Ecclesiastes 9, 5 all together. For, For the, the living, living know that they, they shall die, but the dead know not anything. That's, That's what the Bible teaches. Now, something we should clarify tonight. Angels are not the spirits of our departed loved ones. Did you know that angels existed long before man was created? There were angels already in existence. So angels are not the spirits of our departed loved ones. Do angels ever appear to human beings? What's the answer? The answer is yes, but another question. Do they appear as the spirits of our departed loved ones? The answer is no. That brings us to a third question. Then how do they appear? Here's the answer. Either as an angel or as a stranger. If it's an angel from heaven, they come either as an angel or as a stranger. That's why the Bible says. The Bible says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Where was that text? That was Hebrews 13, 2. Mark it in your notes. If an angel appears as one of our departed loved ones, one of our dead loved ones, then what kind of angel is that? That's a fallen, That's a angel. fallen angel. We call that a demon. If it's an angel from God, they come either as an angel or as a stranger. So what is the devil's door? Have you guessed it yet? The devil's door is communicating with the spirits of the dead. You know people that are doing that? They open the devil's door. Here is an amazing statement from a book called The Great Controversy. This book says many will be confronted by the spirits of devils, personating beloved relatives or friends and declaring the most dangerous heresies. These visitants will appeal to our tenderest sympathies and will work miracles to sustain their pretensions. We must be prepared to withstand them with the Bible truth that the dead know not anything and that they who thus appear are the spirits of devils. Can you see why it's important to know the Bible? What's the Bible say? All together. For, For the, the living, living know, know that, that they, they shall die, die but the, the dead, dead know not, not anything. We have found four ways to identify a cult tonight. Number one, cults follow human leaders rather than Jesus. Number two, cults follow human teachings rather than the Bible. Number three, they urge group conformity. And number four, cults are deceived on the state of man in death. And we have tonight learned what the Bible teaches about what happens when a person dies. The Bible teaches, number one, the dead are asleep. Psalms 13, verse 3, Job 14, verse 12, John 11, 11, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 53 texts at least. Death is called asleep. The dead are in the grave, John 5, 28 and 29. Acts 2, 29 and 34. Then we also found the dead, the Bible teaches the dead know not anything. Where was that text? Ecclesiastes 9, 5 and 6. And, and ten. And number four, the dead do not return to their homes. Job seven, nine, and ten. And Job sixteen twenty-two. When you believe what the Bible teaches, what do you do? Shut the devil's door. You shut the devil's door. I want to do that, don't you? 
There is hope for you who shut the devil's door. There is hope for you, the ghost you trust no more. There is hope for you, God's word you now adore. There is hope in Christ for you. There is hope for you, just don't believe the devil's lie. There is hope for you, he said you shall not surely die. There is hope for you, and on the Bible you rely. There is hope in Christ for you. The Bible says in John 8, 32, what's it say? All together, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Would you like to ask Jesus tonight to help you follow the truth that you have discovered? How many want to ask him to help you follow the truth? May I see your hands? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.